Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. We need to pray not only for Israel, but we need to pray for our own country and our own protection and, and all the plans of the enemy. So I, I just want to put that. I'm not going to take a lot of time on it, but I want to put that in your spirits, that when you're praying to bind the spirit of violence, bind the spirit of satanic attack, say, Lord, we cancel out every strategy of the enemy, amen, and that the enemies would turn on themselves like they did in the Bible so many times, amen. So let's just lift up the, the nation of Israel. You might not understand yet why. Maybe you're a new believer. Just trust me as your pastor. We, we must stand with Israel. We must pray for Israel. That, that, is, that is where if you, that's where we come from. That's our, that's our heritage. That's where Jesus came from. Amen? And so we, maybe you don't understand it all, but you will. But let's lift them up tonight. Just lift your voices. Father, we come before you, and we intercede for the nation of Israel tonight, Father. And, Lord, we come against all the strategies of the devil. We bind the enemy on every side. And we pray and declare, God, that you're going to bring peace to Israel, Father, as your word says to pray. And, Father, we pray that your will will be done. We know that you're in control of everything tonight. And we bind the enemy on every side. We rebuke and come against the strategies of violence and hatred and murder and horrible things that the devil wants to do. God, to your people tonight, Father, and we just put a hedge of protection around them, Father. And we lift them up, Lord, knowing that, that this is not a battle of flesh and blood, but it is of spiritual powers and wickedness in high places and principalities, God. And we come against those not by our might and not by our power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus. And we thank you to take control of this situation. And Lord, that we would continue to pray and continue to intercede and continue to lift up that nation and our world tonight, Father. And we ask these things in the mighty, powerful, precious name above every name. In the name of everybody, shout it out, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Praise God. How many will continue to pray every day? Amen. As the Lord leads you, as the Holy Spirit leads you. How many know you don't have to know and understand everything, but you can say, Lord, lead me by your Holy Spirit in my prayers. We're going to get into the third part of this series. Let's give a big hand to those that are guests tonight. Amen. Have never been to our service before. Maybe you're watching online for the first time. Uh, people find us online, and people find us different ways. We had a wonderful uh, newcomers dinner last night. I want to thank Pastor Mario and Dianza for doing a great job with that. Uh, we had a full house over there in the fellowship hall of people who've been coming for a year or less. Some great testimonies, and then we're going to have another one, I think, in January. So we're going to keep that going where we can get to know you. And we heard some really good testimonies of the new people as well. Amen? So um, tonight is the third part of, of the spirit of deception. If you've been taking notes, while Carla and I were gone, I think we got a, a welcome bag at Cortez, and they had a really cool uh, notebook in there. We're going to try to figure out how to get it um, that we like, I, and so we're, we're going to try to order them, but it's got a lot of stuff in there for your notes that, that's already written and ready, so we're going to kind of copy what they gave us, um, and for, for, for those that don't have notebooks or think about it. It's important to take notes. Amen? 
So we're going to get into a few verses here, but I want to, I want to give you a quote right off the bat. And, and this is a, a powerful quote. In a time of great deception, how many know we're in the time of great deception right now? So in a time of great deception, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Think about that. When you tell the truth, you're doing something revolutionary because so many people are lying. And, and church, when we talk about the things going on in our world, we're not, we're, this is, let me tell you something for anybody that can be mature enough to understand this. We're way past politics. We're way past politics. This is, this is good and evil. It's way beyond all that. We got to get over that stuff. When we're, oh, they're talking about this. No, we're talking about good and evil. You can't believe anything anymore. You can't believe anything anybody says anymore. Or today, when they do just come out and say it, now, now they're not even hiding the deception anymore. They're just saying, this is what we're doing. This is what we're going to do. We're evil and, and, and see what you do about it. Well, what are we going to do about it? We're going to fight back. I love that message Pastor Mario preached. I was listening to it on the plane on the way back, and I don't know if anybody was listening to me, but I was amen in a whole lot while he was preaching, amen, in, in, my, in my aisle. Carla was back a row, and so I don't know if she heard me or not, but it was a good message, amen. we got to defend our walls, and we got to fight. we got to stand up against the spirit that is trying to deceive this world and uh, bind it in every side, amen, and become soldiers for Jesus, amen. So in a time of great deception, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. So you want to be revolutionary, tell the truth. So deception, if you're new, it's your first time, you haven't been in the series, is this, here's the definition, the act, and that's an interesting, just right off the bat, the act of hiding the truth. The act of hiding the truth, and it says, especially to get an advantage, I used the example last week and the week before of the Garden of Eden and how Satan came in and he used the word and he questioned the word. Is this really what God said? Is this really what God's saying? And, and he'll take the truth and question it and, and, and deceive it. And I talked about that woman that went into Walmart and told the guy before her, the son, if you remember that last week, hey, wave at me when you go. Say, say goodbye, mom. And she, she, she lured him out of some grocery money. And that, that's, we're just in a world of deception, church. And I'm telling you, I know this is the Holy Spirit to preach this, this series. Um, help. I want to help you. You got you to gotta be on your guard like you've never been on your guard before. Amen. We got to wake up. How many remember when 9-11 happened, everybody was awake for about two weeks? How about we wake up before something happens? Amen. How about we get ahead of the chains a little bit here and, and be ready for anything that could come and, and wake up right now. Be sober. Be alert. Isn't the Bible telling us all the time, be sober, be alert, be watching, be looking. So there's an act of hiding the truth, especially to get an advantage. Now I'm going to just quickly go over the two verses that I've been using for the foundation of this. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, before we get into some new stuff tonight. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, last days, that's what we're in, some, thank God it's not all, some will turn away from what? From the true faith. Now, it's in the NLT tonight because I wanted to just add some emphasis to a few things. Turn away from the true faith. Lots of people have faith, but you got to have, have faith in the truth. And it says they will follow deceptive spirits. So there is a spirit. That's why this series is called The Spirit of Deception. And it says, and there will be teachings that come from demons. 
teachings that come from demons. So they're teachings. It sounds right, looks right, but it's not right. And if we're not paying attention, we can be deceived. And, and this is called in, in, in the Bible the great apostasy. And remember that this is not talking about people who don't know God because they already don't know God. This is saying there's going to be a time when people who know God will turn their backs on him. People who know the truth will stop believing the truth and start believing a lie. And then the other one is Matthew 24. They come to Jesus. They say, Jesus, what's the sign of the end of times? We know we're seeing so many things today that are signs. We know there's earthquakes and pestilences and wars and rumors of wars. Right now we're seeing that. there. We've never been in the place we're at right now with the, with the, the possibility of what is going on in, in, in the Middle East right now escalating. And remember, on top of that, the time we're living in. Yes, there's been wars over there, but remember the time we're living in. And so they said, what's going to be the sign of your coming How will we know when you'll return at the end of the world? And watch what he says. This is so important. The very first thing he says is don't let anyone mislead you. Now, in the the New King James, it is deceive you. That's That's the word, deceive. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. Amen? So he says the very first thing that's going to be a sign is deception. So I want, to, I want to talk about apostasy. I want to remind you again what this is. An apostate is people who have claimed to follow Jesus, but then turn their backs on him. Every apostate is an unbeliever, but not every unbeliever is an apostate. That means, again, many people have never believed. You can't be an apostate if you've never believed. You can't fall away from something you've never been a part of. He's not talking about the world being more wicked. Understand this. He's saying the church is going to turn away from God. That's a major sign of the end times. That, and we're seeing that. We're seeing that over and over again. We're seeing all these, all these false doctrines and all these, all these you know, uh, tickling ear messages and all these things. Instead of preaching the truth and standing, there's a lot of this going on. And so we have to recognize the Spirit and understand the deception. So the act of hiding the truth, especially to get an advantage. So tonight I want to talk about four areas. Just four Four areas, personal, in our lives, that can be areas we can be deceived in. Four areas of deception. Number one, we're going to look at our heart. Our heart. Not our, not our physical heart that pumps blood, but our spiritual heart. Amen? We're going to look at the fact that the Bible says something very powerful right here in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. And look what it says. The heart is deceitful. What's deceitful? Your own heart. This is why we have to be so careful. Because our very own heart is deceitful. This is why I cannot emphasize enough why it's so important to be part of a church. To have accountability. 
to have somebody that you can that you've got around you that's that's saying, "Hey, where you been? Hey, we've been missing you. Hey, how you doing? Hey, you missed small group. Hey, we didn't see you last Sunday. Hey, we haven't seen you for a couple weeks." There's something powerful about that because we're living in a day where it is so easy to be pulled away, so easy to go back to our old ways, and the, and the thing is is our heart's going to go where we go. So wherever we are, we can be deceived because our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Guess who knows it? God does. And he says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. This is when we're in prayer, we can be listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We can be examining ourselves. We can be saying, Lord, search me. Look, show me if there's anything. Show me that little tiny thing, that, that vague thing that seems not important. Show me every little thing. And he's testing our minds. He's testing our hearts to see if we're in the right place. And if we'll listen to his voice, he'll tell us when we're off. And he says, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Like I talked about a couple weeks, a couple Sundays ago, remember, we're building a house. Does anybody remember we're building a house? We're building the house that we're going to live in. Every time we do something, it's putting a block in that house or it's taking away, and we have to understand that. And so one of the most important things we have to do is guard our hearts. Okay, and tonight we have to understand, again, why it's so important what we're feeding into our hearts. What are we putting into our minds? What are we putting into our eyes? What are we putting into our spirits? What are we listening to? What are we watching? What are the things that we're doing that can, that can bring things in and contaminate our heart? I was reading this morning in the Gospels, in the parts where Jesus was saying, it's not food that comes into your body that messes you up because it goes back out of your body. It's the things that go into your spirit that contaminate you. And then that comes out of your mouth, and that comes out of your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. Amen? And so tonight we got to understand one of the greatest places of deception is in our very own heart. We have to keep our hearts clean. We have to keep our hearts pure. We have to keep our hearts guarded. Guarded. That's kind of what I'm trying to tell you tonight in general. We, we, we need to wake up more than we've ever woke up. Amen? Y'all understanding that tonight? On whatever day it was, it's Friday morning, Saturday morning, whatever, they woke up in Israel. Bombs and, and paraglides and, and shootings and stabbings and rapings and stealings and killing. They woke up all of a sudden. What, 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 what happened? What, was that going to have to happen here to wake us up? Something horrible. No, we got to be on our guard right now. Right now. It's so amazing. I, I love the Holy Spirit that Pastor Mario preached from Nehemiah chapter 4 because I've had in my heart for about three weeks, I've got notes on it, to preach on the wall of Nehemiah. That's just how the Holy Spirit works. Amen? I might preach on it and add something to it or come from a different angle, but he did a great word on that, and that's been in my heart. We've got to wake up. The Bible says we got to have one hand on the, on the wall working and one hand with the sword protecting ourselves spiritually. Amen? We've got to be watching. And so the first thing we got to do is I can't help anybody if I can't help myself. Number two, sin itself. 
I know that's kind of general. I'm not going to get in tonight to all the different sins. We know what, what sin is, but let's look at Hebrews chapter 3. One of the areas of deception is sin. And I could preach a whole message. I could preach a whole series on this, that, that today there's not a whole lot of, and when I say this, I mean just generally, there's not a whole lot of conviction of sin. Not a whole lot of preaching on sin. Not a whole lot of preaching on what the Bible says. Jesus pulled no punches, did he? Jesus said it just like it was. And so we have to understand sin is always knocking at the door. It's right there knocking. Wanting, and, and remember, and, and use this example from what just happened. In the physical, horribly, what just happened is what the devil wants to do spiritually. He wants to just come in and steal, kill, and destroy. Some people are so deceived today that they can see something like that happen last weekend and not even think about it. Not even give it a second. What? That's over there. That's them. That's the truth. Matter of fact, if I'm talking right now and you're not bothered by what happened and you haven't been thinking about it every day, I'm worried about you. That should wake us up. It should get us on our guard. It should help us understand that that's exactly what the devil wants to do in the spiritual realm. He wants to come in when we least expect it, when we have opened up the door in sin, and kill us. So look at Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, that's why we, we give an altar call every service, because today's the day of salvation. He says, today if you'll hear his voice and not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, it says, and tried me and saw my works for 40 years. How many don't want to go into a wilderness tonight? How many would rather live on the, high, on the top of the mountain instead of in the wilderness? Don't harden your heart. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray, Where? In their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Beware then. So he's saying, remember that the New Testament is always reminding us about the Old Testament, so that if we're smart enough, we'll learn from the Old Testament and we won't have to go through what they went through in the Old Testament. The New Testament says that very clearly. So he says, Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you of a what? Evil heart of unbelief. And here we go. In departing from the living God. Just, just take that down for a second. I'm going to come back to it in just a second. Isn't it amazing that somebody can know God, know his forgiveness, know his mercy? See his miracle power. See if fam their family restored, their marriage restored, what be delivered from addictions, what on and on, whatever it is. And isn't it amazing that someone can turn and go back to their old ways? Isn't it amazing? Does that amaze anybody else? How you can taste the goodness of God and turn from it? And you know what we do, though? We say, oh, that'll never be me. Well, hopefully it won't never be me, but when we say that, we better have something backing it up, which is some awareness, 
some humility, some understanding that we're facing a real enemy, a real devil who hates us. Amen? And that if Judas can fall, I can fall. If Peter can fail, I can fail. Those people in the Old Testament that saw the glory of God, if they can fall, we can fall. Listen, we've seen a lot of miracles. I've seen a lot of miracles. You've seen a lot of miracles. But we haven't seen anything compared to what they saw in the Old Testament. I've never physically seen a river open. Not physically. I've seen a lot of spiritual ones. Amen. Remind me what verse I'm on. Come back to 13, right? When I say put that back up, we'll go there. All right? This is my good moment to tell the story. We, ha- we saw a little, a, little, uh, red, a little river open up on, on this trip. And Pastor Bland, I love that I told this. We were out with Pastor Bland and Robin. How many know there are real miracles? And we were, they took us out on Sunday afternoon. After church, we got in their truck, and Cortez beautiful. And uh, I, there was places that they took us to I didn't know existed. There was this, it's kind of flat. There's a lot of mountains, but there's some flat areas. And they took us to this uh, I forgot what the name of it is again. You told me, Landon. Uh, canyon, thank you. Can't see a canyon because it's down, but one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life with this beautiful breeze. and I wanted to stay there all day. These trees that looked fake. And so that was, a, that was on Friday. So Sunday they drove us a different direction. They drove us in the mountains. And we were just having a good old time. Me and Pastor Bland were up front, and Robin and Carla were in the back. And we were just talking, and they took us to where they go camping, and they showed us their campsite. And we just kept on driving, and we're just having a good old time. He's got a, he had a, a new truck, and he was ex, uh, you know, excited about being with us. And, and all of a sudden we stopped at this one point. We were finally heading back now, back to town. And uh, we're still way out in the mountains. And I looked over at his dash. And, it's, and the yellow light was on. And it said, eight miles to empty. I said, Pastor, your gas thing's on, and we're at eight miles to empty. And so I just immediately said, Lord, help us. Lord, just turn that thing around. Let's start going up. And we started driving, and it went down faster. So I said, okay, I'm done praying. You guys pray now. <laughs> Amen. But Carla is my witness. I had peace. I wasn't worried. Pastor Bland wasn't worried. They were pretty worried. Robin and Pastor Bland were, she, Robin was kind of giving it to Pastor Bland, like, how come he didn't think about putting gas in? And We're way out there, and we're 15 miles from a gas station, at least, in the mountains, and it's about 530, sun's going down. And uh, so we start driving, and we get down to 6, and to 5, and to 4, and to 3, and to two, and to one mile left. And we're still in the middle of the mountains. And as we were going up, I remember him saying, hey, there's a, I think this is our neighbor's like cabin or something. So we get with one mile left up to there. And he goes, I think that's the neighbor. I said, let's pull in there. This is our only chance. If he has some gas at that house or something, we're taking it. We pulled into that camp, little cabin, and right there sitting on the, by a rail, by a uh, gator, you know, by the, the that's what it's called, right? The, the motor, motor thing? Gator, right? There was a gas can. And I picked it up, and it had gas in it. And I said to Pastor Bland, just like Jesus, when they went to get the colt, we said, we have need of this gas. And we took that gas can, and we put it in the gas can. And the craziest thing is Carla's sitting right over there, and Pastor Bland won't let me lie. It just kept on going, didn't it? 
I mean, it was going slow, but the gas just kept going. And we got done, and we put that gas can down, and we, he turned his truck on 53 miles to empty. We got back to town with 30 miles left on the tank. Amen? That's a real miracle. Amen? How many know those are the kind of miracles we get to see? And I, I, there's my chance to brag on God. Amen? I thank the Lord for it. But we haven't seen some of the things they've seen, yet they still turned away. How, how careful do we need to be? Amen? So back to that verse that I was at, I think, 13. So what are we supposed to do? What we're doing tonight, be in church. What we did last night at a fellowship dinner, what we do on small groups, what we do at discipleships, what we do on Sundays. All the things we do at breakaway and outreach and prayer meetings is we're exhorting one another. How often? Not Sundays. Daily. While it's called, lest any of you be hardened through the what? What's this, series, what's this series about? The deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceitful. Sin does not come up like, the, like, the, like I said the other day and knock on your door and say, Hey, sin's here. I'm coming to kill you and destroy you. But take your family. Ruin your marriage. Take, take, make your life like hell. I just want you to know I'm here. That's not how it works. It comes in slowly. He comes in subtly because he doesn't have a clock like we do. He can wait. Just like these violent terrorists. They wait. They're not in a hurry. Amen? They're, they'll wait. They're patient. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to what? How many in here tonight are going to finish? Let me see your hand. Wave at me if you're going to finish this race tonight. I want to make sure I got some finishers in here. We're going to go all the way to the end. Amen? There will be nothing worse in eternity than people who started and didn't finish. Nothing worse. People who had tasted and said, where'd they go? We got to finish. Last verse. While it is said, he says this for the third time today. If you will hear his voice, maybe tonight on this series, this is speaking something to you you need to hear. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Number three. This is very similar to number one, but even a little deeper. So number one is our hearts. Number two is sin. And number three, you can write down this or the other. You can write down ourselves. Or the man in the mirror, that person you look at every morning, yourself. We are many times our greatest enemy. And we need people to help us from ourselves. Amen. Now, I'm going to give you a powerful quote. Destiny was in the office with me today when I found this. And I said, oh, and it was so powerful. This, I want you to get this. Listen to this so carefully. Write this down. I'm going to say it a couple times so you can write. Of all the forms of deception, of all the, and there's many, who knows how many, of all the forms of deception, watch this, self-deception is the most dangerous. Okay, of all the forms of deception, all the ways you can be deceived, self-deception, that sounds kind of crazy. Why would we deceive ourselves? But self-deception is the most dangerous. And here's why. Here's the second part of the quote. 
I hope you're writing it down. I hope you circle it. I hope you read it again. Because of all the deceived people, the self-deceived are the least likely to discover the fraud. Did y'all get that? Ask someone later if you didn't get it. Meaning you're not going to notice the fraud because it's you that did it. You fool yourself pretty good. And if you don't allow somebody to come along and speak into your life and say you're off, then you're in trouble. That's why we have church. That's why, and, and this is why, let me just stay here for a second. This is why a lot, of, a lot of churches are big and have a lot of people because the people that go there don't really want to be right. Honestly. They want to slide in, slide out, check the box, say they went to church, but they don't really want anybody to speak into their life. And so that's why the big church, the big crowd is good because we don't have to have anybody, oh man, they're always calling me, they're always texting me, they're always this, they're always that. Thank God for somebody who cares enough to pick up their phone in their busy day and tell you they missed you at church when they didn't have to. None of us get any benefit from telling somebody that. We don't get any benefit but you get the benefit. And accountability is saying, I need you. I want you. I accept you to speak into my life. Tell me I'm off. Because if not, you're going to deceive yourself and you're not going to be able to recognize your own fraud. Somebody else can look at it and say, that ain't right. That's why the Bible says iron sharpens iron. We need someone to look at it. How many know perspective is so important? You've ever seen something where no one else could see? And, and, and then you say, hey, did you, did you notice? And, you, and they go, I had no idea. I mean, one of the most common examples of that, and, and has, it's, it's a very small one, but it's also very embarrassing, is when your zipper's down. Right? You don't know your zipper's down, but everybody else does. Need somebody to tell your zipper's down. Right? And that can go a lot of different ways, a lot of different situations. But let's look at the, what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Look how it starts. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool. That he may just stay there for a second, that he may become wise. The Bible says the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing. When we begin to think that we're somebody, when we begin to think we've arrived, when we begin to think I've made it, I'm good, that's when we need to be careful. Because that's when we begin to deceive ourselves. That's when we begin to think we, we've arrived. And 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 you can look at people who have been serving God for a long time, and you'll watch and notice in their lives that they're constantly checking themselves. They're constantly watching. They're constantly listening. They're constantly humbling themselves. So if you begin to think, ah, I smell good. I look good. I'm doing good. I, everything's great. That's when you need to be careful. The Bible says pride comes before a fall. Amen? We need people to keep us humble. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And look what it says here. This is very interesting. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. 
So if we allow God to call us out, he'll call us out. I'd rather be called out publicly by God than be dealt with personally by God. I'd rather just receive it publicly. In other words, I'd rather get it at church from a message or from a small group or from a brother or sister that loves me than have to get it from God. Uh, that brother or sister can save you sometimes. If you'll just listen and say, I'm, I need you to help me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing bad all by myself. I, I'm not doing well. I'm deceiving myself. Amen. How many are still here? Amen. Number four, last one. I want to put this as the point, the worldview. The worldview. Worldview. We can be deceived, obviously, by the world's view. There's a, there's a station that I listen to on the radio that I found that I like. It's Christian. And they have a show called The World View. And it talks about a, understanding how to look at the world with a Bible view. And how many know that this, the way that we look at the world as believers is totally different than the way the world looks at the world? And if we're as believers looking at the world like the world looks at it, we're in trouble. Just like this situation that's happening over in the Middle East, if you don't understand how to look at that from a, from a biblical worldview, then you're in trouble. It is a worldview, but you've got to look at it from the biblical side, not from the carnal side. And you have to understand how to read that word and let the word read you. So there is a worldview, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let me show you what I'm talking about. He says, let's start in verse uh, 10, please. Thank you. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, all these persecutions, he says, Paul says, that I endured. And out of them all, how many know the Lord will deliver us from everything? And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire, just get this in your understanding, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Let me, let me stay there real quick before I move on. And this is the last point, but I want you to understand this. We understand that there's a time coming on this earth that is going to be God's judgment. Persecution from man is different than God's judgment. You don't want God's judgment. You want the persecution that people, not that you embrace it and want it and look forward to it, but you understand we're going to have persecution. The last time I read the Bible, and I read it this morning in my devotions and all day long today studying, I saw Jesus say, if you follow me, people are going to hate you. They're going to hate you for my namesake. As we go forward, listen closely, church, as we keep going forward every day, right now, every day that goes forward, the true Christians are going to rise to the cream of the crop. And the fakes are going to fade away. How many true Christians do I have in here tonight that are going to stay at the top? You're not going to fade away. Amen? It's got to be a decision. Because it's going to get more and more whose side is who. And again, it ain't about politics. It's good and evil. 
Right and wrong. Darkness and light. How many are seeing that and understanding that? It's darkness and light. And Jesus said, we're light. We're children of the light. Son's going to betray father. Mother against brother. Sister against sister. These things are going to happen. You know, this kind of situation, people begin to argue and wonder and think and say, you better get a biblical view of what's going on in our world tonight, or you'll be deceived. Amen? Better get a biblical worldview. So he says, all who desire to live. Now, that's not, that's not real popular. That's not real, that doesn't sound real attractive. But Jesus never pulled any punches. He never, he never deceived anybody. He said, if you want to follow me, I was actually reading John 6 again today. Every time, you, when you need to just strengthen up and do some spiritual push-ups, read John 6. If you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you're not worthy of the kingdom of God. He looks over to, and, and some of the disciples, disciples, not just believers, not just bystanders, some of his disciples are like, we're out of here. We, we can't handle this. Too hot in the kitchen. And he looks over at his, at his real disciples and says, hey, there's the door. Y'all want to go? This is, this, is, this is what I'm asking. I'm asking you to, to die for me. And what did all the disciples do? It's like we always say, church, listen, this, this is the time we got to understand. Nobody, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. That die the dying part's not fun, but we have an eternal reward. And we got to understand whose side we're on tonight. More than ever, we got to stand up. We got to understand if you believe in Jesus, you'll suffer persecution. Next verse, please. Ooh, this. This looks like the news. Wow. 2,000 years ago. But evil men and imposters are going to turn and get nice. What does it say? Get worse. I've been telling you for a long time, as much as you want it, it's not going to get better. We live in a different economy we live above these things. We're children of God. We have favor. God protects us. But this world's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. De- and there it is. Deceiving and being deceived. And then 14. But what do we do? We continue in the things we've learned. And we assure ourselves. Listen. Listen carefully to me tonight, please. You better get in your word like you've never been in your word. Listen to me or ignore me. You choose. But if you're going to make it to the end, you better get in that word. You better understand what you, because some people don't even know what they're assured of. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying it. We need to read the Bible more than we've ever read the Bible before. Amen? Otherwise, you're not going to know what God says in, in these difficult times. And you're going to go to your mind. You're going to go to your understanding. And you're going to deceive yourself, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures. 
which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in who? Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Somebody say, reproof me, please. Correct me, please. Instruct me, please. Amen? We need to be looking for those instructions in righteousness. That the man of God, the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. You're going to have to just play for a minute because I have another verse. You good? Yeah, you're young. So last, last one, Titus. Write this in your notes. Recognize deception. How many would like to be able to recognize deception? How do, how do we do this? Chapter 3, verse 2 of Titus. Speak evil of no one. Be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves, watch this, we got to remember this, were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures. Every one of us have different things we've come out of, living in malice and envy. Look at this verse, hateful and hating one another. That's who we used to be. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, let your church tonight, those here, those online, those listening to the podcast, let us hear your voice. Lord Jesus, let us be sober and vigilant and watchful and alert and awake and humble and and hungry and thirsting for your word and your spirit and your direction and your peace, and your assured word in our lives that you have everything under control. Lord, it is not by accident that we're in this series because there is a powerful spirit of deception moving through the world. And it's a sign of the last days. And it's not going to get better. It's going to get tougher. That spirit's going to get stronger. So we have to get stronger in you. We have to come to church more than we've ever come. We've got to read the Bible more than we've ever read the Bible. Pray more than we've ever prayed. Outreach more than we've ever outreached. Check our hearts more than we've ever searched our hearts. So that spirit does not get around us and and we're not even deceived by ourselves, God. We're not deceived by sin. We're not deceived by the worldview. We're not sucked into this horrible thing that happens on TV and on the news Lord, that we just continue to trust and believe in what thus says the Lord. Help us tonight, God. 
as heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place. Do you know Jesus? Not a head knowledge, but do you know him as your Lord and your Savior and your Master and your King? Is he everything to you? He doesn't want to just be somebody that you love. He wants to be the one you love more than anybody else. He's a jealous God. He wants to be number one. He doesn't share his glory with anybody. He's a real God, a loving God, a merciful God, a just God, and he's in control tonight. Give him control of your life. How many all over this place, from front to back and side to side, young person, teenager, older person, you're not ready to meet Jesus tonight. But right now, he says, hear my voice. Obey my word. Listen, church, as good as it is, and as much as we talked about it tonight, coming to church does not save you. Holding a Bible in your hand does not save you. Even praying does not save you. You must believe. Jesus said in the Gospels, believe in me and you'll have everlasting life. Believe that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. How many all over this place could say tonight, I, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Just put up your hand and say, that's me tonight. I see your hand. How many more? I see your hands. God bless you. How many more? I see your hand. Tonight's the night I get serious. I don't want to wait till something horrible happens. I don't want to wait till, till something gets my attention and shakes me. I want to be right now. I want to be right tonight. Maybe there's some people in this place that you know Jesus. You've, you've had a relationship with them, but that apostate spirit's chasing you down. It's after you. Church, you've got to understand and listen to me closely as you're praying and you're listening to the Holy Spirit. The devil wants trophies. The devil wants, what's a trophy for the devil? Taking someone who's known the Lord and getting them to turn away. That's what he wants. Because that's the only thing he can hold. Listen to me carefully. That's the only thing he can hold against God. He can't take any credit for those unbelievers. They're already unbelievers. But he, he wants to hurt Jesus. He hates Jesus. That's why we need to hate Satan. Because he hates our Savior. We need to have that same hatred for sin and for Satan that Satan has for us. We need to fight against him and say, Jesus is never going to be out of my life. I'm never going to be a trophy for the devil. I'm never going to be deceived. I'm not going to turn away. I'm going to make it to the end. But that takes being serious about the walk with God. Some of you maybe have just been skating along. Tonight God says, listen, I need you to wake up. How many maybe could say tonight, I, I know him, but I have not been as serious as I need to be with God I'm not going to make you be public tonight. I just want you between you and God to just say, that's me. Lord, look at me and help me get out of that. I don't want to be that person tonight. As we stand all over this place, those that raised your hand, there were several hands that went up. I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to beg. If you're serious and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to give him control tonight. You want to make a public confession of your faith. You want to say, Jesus, I believe you're the Lord of lords and the king of kings. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I want you to find that nearest aisle and quickly step out and come down here to the front. Don't waste any time. Don't look around. Don't see if anybody else is coming. Come on, several hands went up. Just come. 
Just come. Come on, several hands went up. Just come. Come on, you raised your hand. Follow through by coming up to this stage. Come on. Come on, there's a couple more. A couple more people. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Let me tell you why we do this. Because Jesus said, and I read it again this morning, if, you, if you'll deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father. But if you confess me before a man, I'll confess you before my Father. Jesus is not a closet Christian God. He did everything publicly. He ministered publicly. He was, he was embarrassed publicly. He died publicly. He rose from the dead publicly. This is not a, this is, we're coming into the days you can't be a, a closet Christian. It's not going to work. Because they'll come pull you out of the closet. And they'll tell you, what are you? What side are you on? Amen? Y'all realize that? And then you got to know, what's my answer going to be? Jesus. Amen? We're going to say a prayer here. There's a verse I want you to read later. It's been in my spirit so, so strong, especially since these things happen. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll probably quote it over and over again. Matthew 10, 28, God, Jesus said, don't be afraid of who can kill your body and your body only. But be afraid of the one who can kill your body and your soul and send you to hell. In other words, we don't need to be afraid of somebody taking our lives because that's all they can do. We're getting into these times where we have to talk about this. I hate, I'm not trying to be graphic or mean or, or scary, but this is real. And we know that we're going to be taken out of this place before the wrath of God comes down, but that doesn't mean we're not going to see some persecution. That doesn't mean things aren't going to get real serious. They could get serious real fast. And I want you to remember that when, when you're scared. Because I'm not saying we don't get scared. I'm not saying we're not human. You can take my life, but you can't do nothing to my soul. But God is the one who does the soul and the body. And I'm going to go to heaven and spend eternity with God because he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that with all my heart. And heaven is going to be my home. Amen. So we say, make that public confession now, not later. Let's do this together. Lord Jesus, I love you. I need you. I'm lost without you. I believe your Bible, your word that says I'm a sinner. And the wages of my sin is eternal separation. But Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross, living a sinless life, and then you rose from the dead so that you could take us to heaven and we could have eternal life. I believe that. I put my faith in that and nothing else. I don't understand everything else, but I know you took my place, and that's my salvation tonight. Forgive me of all my sins. and Wash me clean with your precious blood. In Jesus' mighty name, I'm going to live from you from this day forward. And devil, I turn my back on you. I don't live for you anymore. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's praise Jesus tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. 
For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.